Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was there for some main character deaths. I mean, I was there for the Red Wedding. Uh, well, part of it. You know, Arya comes, she's kind of, um, she's there just before it happens, and then the hounds yeah. go away. podcast for introverts, extroverts, and everyone in between. I'm your host, Chelsea Heaney, and I am beyond excited for our guest today. She is a stunt woman and actress who has appeared in Game of Thrones, Jurassic World, Wonder Woman, Les Mis, Star Wars, and Cats. And the list goes on, but what I am most excited about is that since 2015, she has played Poe, the red Teletubby, in the Teletubbies reboot. Please welcome to the show, Rochelle Bernard. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having Thank me. You. Thank you so much for being here. I've got to be honest, until I, like, found you on Instagram, it never occurred to me that being a Teletubby was someone's job. <laughs> It's just yeah. like, like you think about it now, and of course it makes sense. There's somebody in the suit, and I do apologize if we're ruining anyone's childhood by taking oh. the the mask off. But um, it just never occurred to me, and I think that's now gonna be the best and weirdest job that I've ever heard of. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you're excited for it. Um, <laughs> when they did the original Tally Tubbies, it started in 1997. And there was a big reveal about who was inside the suits and they brought them to New York and everyone was very excited. It was now. I don't think anyone really cares too much. So I'm really <laughs> glad you're excited for it. <laughs> no, I've been going around. I normally don't tell people who I'm interviewing because I like to keep it as a surprise. But I've been going around being like, I'm interviewing a Teletubby tonight, guys. <laughs> and everyone's been very excited. So, um, how did you get cast as Poe? What was the audition process like? Because they, they started it up again in 2015. It, it ended in 2001, I believe. So, um, and they took it off air by 2010. So it, it kind yeah. of disappeared for the new generation. Um, and they always wanted to bring it back and do it in HD and improve on it. Um, so basically, I'd already done what's called um, being a skin artist, which is when you wear the costumes or where you wear mm -hmm. like big heads, like it could be animatronics or, and I'd done that in a show called Zingzillas. Um, yeah. And I'd done a few kind of jobs like that on films. And then uh, this agency who specializes in skin performance, uh, which sounds different than it is um they were looking for some more people and I was a bit quiet during stunts in this period so I thought I'd give it a go within two weeks I had an audition within wow. a month I had a new job wow so it happened really quickly because I'm small I'm only four foot ten so I was oh the perfect God. size for Poe because the yeah. Poe is actually about almost a six foot tall but they needed someone tiny and strong to fit yeah. within the small part of the suit even though with the head and the aerial, she's actually very tall. <laughs> okay, yeah, the aerial's counted in that. That makes sense. Because I'm like, are you wearing, like, two-foot-tall high heels, like, basically? <laughs> like, platforms inside this? Like, how do you walk? <laughs> well, I'm actually looking at the mouth. So where the mouth is um, is my oh. eye line. So everything above that is just space. <laughs> wow. Okay, yeah. well, think, one of my questions was, can you see from yeah. inside the suit? So you can, but through the mouth. Yeah, so Poe has the smallest mouth of the four of them. So I open the mouth. We have um, uh, like bicycle brakes in our hands to control yeah. the blinking and the mouth movement. So we do it all ourselves. Oh my and, God. Uh, so I can only see much when my mouth is open. And even then, it's got a black netting across it. So I can only see like so much. Uh, yeah. really. I do a lot of uh, trying to listen to where people are around me. But we do bump into yeah. each other. How long did it take you to get used to? walking around in the suit quite a while um in my audition I face planted uh <laughs> loved it they thought it was hilarious because I got straight back up and they were like yeah that's fine then you're strong enough to deal that's with that, that happens. yeah because the feet are pretty big so you do yeah. fall over them and um, well we did some workshops for about two weeks before we even started filming um for voice training as well because we do the voices yeah. And uh, yeah, and within the workshops, we did so many uh, kind of dances and movements and kind of uh, just kind of um, made up stuff on the spot that you got used to it quite quickly. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you talked about how you sort of you needed to be short and strong to fit in the poster. Because I was going to ask, like, we'll talk about your stunt work later. But I was like, do you need to be a stunt performer to be a Teletubby? Does it require that skill? <laughs> no. <laughs> but, um, I'm the smallest by far of the Teletubbies. The Tinker Winky and Lala are played by Rebecca and Nick, and they're both about five foot six. Hmm. Um, and even though Nick is Dip, Dipsy, who Nick is, is a lot bigger. He's so strong, Nick. He's a big, nus- muscular kind of guy. Yeah. And uh, then Tinky Winky's played by Jeremiah, and he's only five foot ten, and Tinky Winky's seven foot. So mm-hmm. yeah, you, we do a lot of. We go to the gym a lot. You do like neck training. You do a lot yeah. of um, even wrist and hand training for the bicycle brakes we use. So yeah, you've got to be strong, but no, not a stunt performer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and. I mean, you know, we've talked about the soup, but, like, does it get really hot inside there? Can you breathe? Like Barely. (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's pretty insane. Um, The first season that we did um, of where we did 60 episodes, I've done 120 of the Teletubbies. Um, It was in the winter. And even then, it was pretty hot, but you get used to it. The second season we did, which was six months in the summer, it was we got we got sick. Like literally, yeah. people were just fainting. <laughs> Even the producers watching us were collapsing. Yeah. It was like a heat wave that summer. And the set, especially the indoor set, is like it's almost like um, a bouncy castle that we're inside of. It just holds the heat. So they have um, leaf blowers that they've added uh, tubes onto to blow inside our mouths, <laughs> which are really hot. But my God, you need it because you can't get your breath because you're so hot and breathing hard after like 30 seconds you get used to it but it can be quite claustrophobic I have to say yeah yeah. so I I do want to say with it being hot you are based in the UK I am in Australia (laughs) (laughs) it's not hot (laughs) I mean I don't know if you do centigrade or Fahrenheit but that summer we we hit like 30 degrees okay Um, 30 degrees is hot that's, yeah, it is. That's allowed. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's 26 today. Like, we're getting hot. Nice it's a beautiful 26 day. 26 <laughs> is a beautiful day. I'm happy with that. I was um, texting with a friend in England, and, uh, like, I was at work, and she was in bed, and <laughs> she was, like, telling me it was too hot and she couldn't sleep, and I looked up the weather where she was, and it was, like, 13 degrees. And I was like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> You're an insane person. <laughs> okay. Yeah, a lot of Brits can't handle it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so you said before that you do the voice as well. A lot of people I was talking to were wondering about that, whether you did the voices as well. Do you record the voice before you do the physical side of things or? Other way around. Other way around? Yes. So um, things always change on the day when you do the acting. And we've got the director, which is a guy called Jack. He was fabulous. And even when we do the voice on the day, um, and he sometimes gets us to say a line six times in six different ways, so he can be said just the way he wants it. Even mm. though you're out of breath, there might be some swearing. You're like, Nick, <laughs> get over, you're too close. Like, even though that's also been recorded, he wants you to say it so that when you go then into the sound studio later, you watch mm. your footage and you can re-record it the way that you know he wants it said. So he is, yeah. you know, entirely the director of the show. Uh, it's not our interpretation. So, um, yeah, afterwards we we match our voice to the movement of our mouths because it's easier to match that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, I wanted to ask as well, because it's been a while since I watched the Teletubbies, but <laughs> <laughs> from what I remember, there's like a Teletubby language, right? They don't speak English or or do they now speak more English than the Teletubby language? So it is English. It's always been English. It's just, oh, okay. We've kind of grown up a little, I guess, since the uh, original seasons. Yeah. Um, basically, we just don't speak it very well. With the whole point of Teletubbies, it's supposed to be, believe it or not, an educational show to teach yes. preschoolers the sounds of the words without right. the actual words. Yeah. So, like, "eo" obviously is the sound of "hello," yeah. um, but. Yeah, Poe, in this one, the others talk pretty well. It's just Poe who doesn't pronounce words completely or yeah. I say everything in the third person. Um, or if I say, you know, what's that? I go, what's that? Like, oh. I'm still saying it, just in Poe's yeah. voice and how okay. she thinks it should be said. 
Yeah, that makes a bit more sense because I was going to ask if, like, if it was its own language, whether, like, you knew what you were saying, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like Dothraki or, or Klingon or something. Like, Not that hard. It really isn't. Teletubby, but... I just dumb it down and I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a lot easier than learning a made-up language. Yeah, yeah, I'll say. Yeah. But sometimes I say it too well. And they'll be like, oh, Rochelle, that's not the line. You need to cut out all the those words in between. And I'm like, oh, sorry. It's really hard for me. I did an English <laughs> master's. <laughs> I'm not used to oh, cutting no. out words. <laughs> um, what's the What's the weirdest thing you've ever had to do as a Teletubby? Or just like, or maybe like funnest. I don't know if weirdest is the right I'll word. say funnest. Yeah. Basically, um, we've done, uh, we've had uh, charities come and visit us. And we had the Barnardos group come with like all these kids that um, Mm. don't have easy lives. And a lot of them are in foster care as well. And so they all came to set to visit with us. And they're not often allowed to see us in real life because we're so big. We scare a lot of kids. (laughs) And also we can only be inside the head for like 20 minutes at a time because um, we get so out of breath. And with the sweating buckets, we have to change our underclothes. Like uh, we wear these onesies underneath. (laughs) And... um, yeah, so we had all them, and they were so excited. And we've done it on the streets of London. We've like given out free hugs to kids passing by during Aww. the Teletubbies like premiere of the new show. And they just—I I love that. That's my favorite part. And it is kind of crazy. They try and sit in your lap. They want you to pick them up, but you can't because you're using your hands to do your—you know—you're yeah. inside. The- but you're using your hands to manipulate your face. Um, so, And then when they get taken away so we can have a break, they're all screaming and crying. We just have to hide behind the screen, and then we quickly put our heads back on and run out again yeah. and go, eh-eh. So, uh, yeah, that is pretty surreal, to be honest. But it's, yeah. it's quite rewarding doing that side of it as opposed to the live, as opposed to the filming side of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, when, I was, when I was thinking about, you know, the, the question and stuff I was going to ask you, I was reminded of a story, like, because I was thinking about, you know, the head coming off and how terrifying that would be, like, for a kid to see exactly. <laughs> a teletubby without its head. And um, when I was in high school, I was a band nerd, and uh, we used to go and do this competition every year, and, you know, all of the band kids would be sitting in the audience, and the stage manager would come out and give, like, the safety talk about everything. And um, we have a, t- a kids' TV show in Australia. I, I don't know if it's an international thing but it's called Humphrey B. Bear and basically it's a giant bear he doesn't talk but he's a big kids television okay. show in in Australia and um this stage manager was telling us a story about um a Humphrey B. Bear show that was on at this theater once which first of all Humphrey doesn't talk so I have <laughs> no idea what is involved in a Humphrey B. Bear <laughs> show because he doesn't speak but um, basically I don't know. I'm intrigued. But this stage is um, like slanted and had an orchestra pit. And apparently at this one show, Humphrey was walking down and he tripped and fell into the orchestra pit and his head just like flew off into an audience full of children. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, that's traumatizing for them. It's so traumatizing, right? But it's also hilarious (laughs) oh the poor guy inside he must have been mortified I can feel that I can feel that I really can so yeah that's what I thought of I was like if I saw a Teletubby like without its head on I feel like that would be an equivalent no one is allowed outside of production no No cameras nothing they're very strict about it yeah (laughs) obvious reasons yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah um and the other thing I want to ask about Teletubbies was is it really frustrating because, you know, it is this iconic show for, like, you know, people our age that are growing up and now for kids now as well. Um, is it frustrating for you that you play this massive character but obviously, like, you're in the suit so people wouldn't recognise you as that character? Um, no, I'm, I'm used to that, doing stunts. Um, I'm, That's I, I'll, I'm, I'll never yeah. be famous. <laughs> and I don't mind that at all. Um, no, I'm, I don't, I don't uh, need that. I don't crave that attention, but um, what I do like, my favorite part is when people like you, I go, what? Sorry, what? You're a Teletubby? And then they freak, and and I'm like, come on, you're an adult. That isn't a big deal, is it? And it is. It's huge, apparently. More than the two-year-olds. Yeah. I've been, like, pointed out at people's wedding speeches, like, there's a Teletubby here. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) no. And then all the kids go, and look at me, follow me around for the night. Um, So, no, I'm okay with that. Um, also, you know, there might be a lot of haters out there who love the original show and don't appreciate the reboot. So, yeah, 
so I don't want to be, you know, the target. Yeah. Do, I, I keep bringing up Australian references, but we have an Australian TV show here called High Five, which is basically like five people and they sing songs and stuff. And they first started when I was a kid and all of the original cast members are now gone, but they've been replaced with new ones and like hasn't stopped. It's kept going. And High Five sing at like the Christmas Eve carols every year. And since the original cast members have left. It's mine and my sister's tradition to sit in front of the TV and yell, you're not the real high five. (laughs) (laughs) Even though we're like 25 and 28, we're like, you're not the real high five, get out. So, yeah, I could imagine that. my point. That could be be an issue. Um, And it doesn't doesn't concern me, I mean, because I was actually too old for the Teletubbies. Um, I'm 35 now. Yeah. And uh, when they came out, I was already well in my teens. Yeah. Um, so I kind of missed all that. So actually for me, even though I could appreciate it was a massively iconic show, um, you know, since then we've had Peppa Pig. We've had like a lot of shows that the kids are more excited about. So um, for me, it was not just the job because I, I loved being a part of it and I still am a part of it. Um, I've still got yeah. some shooting going on um, in November, I think. But um, yeah, but no, it wasn't a big deal for me that no one knew that I was I was in it yeah. fame wise. <laughs> I mean, you guys would you guys would probably be safe to film at the moment because you're gonna be in these massive costumes. You can't give each other COVID. Um no. <laughs> so we have we can't dress ourselves. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, well then yeah, no, that's we literally can't bend over to do our like shoes up. So um we have personal dresses, we call them, and they're the nicest yeah. people in the world. And they're also in charge of like fixing any things that go wrong because they're all uh, like, you know, they're very yeah. good, they're costume based and they do the fans and our faces. So uh, no, we have to postpone it all, I'm afraid. So we're we're hoping to get there but who knows it may be next year we'll see what happens uh anyway I could talk about the teletubbies all day but <laughs> anyway, right? move on um I want to ask how did you get started in the film and tv industry so um I guess I stumbled upon it no pun intended um <laughs> I went to university to do a history degree and then an MA in uh English and creative writing because I didn't know what I wanted to do but um, as a kid and most of us are the same as a kid I was a gymnast and uh, when I was at university I did uh, kung fu and I did all my belts so by the time I started going to this adults gymnastics club back in my hometown um, I met all these stunt guys and I was like that's that's a choice I can have like my school never (laughs) told me about this (laughs) Uh, and I was like well I'm already sporty I have a niche market because I can double kids yeah. So there's not many people out there my size doing this, especially on the British Stunt Register, which is a, yeah. you guys have one as well. You have an Australian Stunt Register. Um, I know <laughs> you do that. <laughs> uh, there's only three, uh, I think three in the world, maybe a New Zealand, Australia, and England, and then everyone has their own kind of stunt teams in America yeah. and Europe. And um, oh, and Ireland, sorry, also has one. So uh, yeah, I started stunt training. Um, I'd had a change of career after I traveled the world and enjoyed life a little bit. I was 23. I moved back in with my parents to save some money and work <laughs> part-time. And then I had to train for three years to qualify for the stunt register, which is wow. um, you have to do like six uh, different sports up to a very high level. And yeah. now you have to do like a live show experience to get your performance um, kind of up to mm-hmm. scratch. And, and uh, yeah, so I kind of uh, qualified in 2011 and uh, been doing it ever since. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. And um, like, obviously, you know, you know, you said, yes, that I have to have a bit of performance side and things. Do you think that you need to have some good acting skills to be able to be a good stunt person or can they be really separated? It's um, not essential, but mm-hmm. it definitely complements the job. Yeah. Um, you can get away with just getting hit by a car, sure. But, yeah. you know, the, the director may turn around and go, Archie, can you just can you just uh, run in, turn around, you know, react to this and then turn and get hit? And you're like, oh, wait, now I have to perform something first. I yeah. can't just get hit by the car, you know. Then. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and, you know, sometimes we have lines because we actually, you know, a lot of the guys will play, I don't know, a thug and suddenly they've got to, like, say yeah. something to the main actor who punches them in the face. So <laughs> it definitely helps because also yeah. if you're stiff fighting, you've got to really yeah. be able to commit to selling your performance otherwise it just doesn't look good on camera yeah. so yeah I did um I did acting classes as a kid and having done telly tubbies it's actually really helped me with my inhibitions because I had to act like a yeah. bit of an idiot yeah <laughs> and then with my head off in rehearsals everyone was watching me go around going oh what's that oh oh big hat 
so you know suddenly I was like I can act no one cares so uh yeah it really helps actually with my stunt performance as well when it comes to uh acting it's important I think yeah and um if I learned anything of looking at your Instagram, it's that you definitely love horses. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I texted my English friend because I, I still don't know if you guys have this saying. In Australia, um, we have a phrase called a horse girl. I don't know if that's a thing you have, but it's basically sure. just like that girl in high school who was obsessed with horses. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we have similar. Yeah, um, I, I wasn't that girl. Uh, surprisingly I I I, when I was around 14 I got really into horses and um it lasted while the weather was nice and then I moved on (laughs) because there were boys and you know and then my gymnastics was still a thing and so um I actually got into it again as an adult um but I got into it as a stunt rider well yeah that's what I was gonna ask is have you done many stunts with with horses luckily I have (laughs) Uh, not loads (laughs) So um, there, don't get me wrong, there are some phenomenal stunt riders out there, which I am not going to compare myself to in the slightest. But um, you have to do, if you want to do horse riding as part of your stunt qualification, you can. And uh, so I chose to do that. So that already involves sword work, bareback, vaulting. Uh, yeah. Through the different gates. Um, so I kind of got into it. And then um, one of my first jobs was on Snow White and the Huntsman doing a saddle oh. fall, which means that I get like basically fall off a good cantering horse. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm just getting thrown straight in the deep end. Um, <laughs> and I've done a few of those over the years. Uh, but actually, I kept up horse riding. No matter what my other skills were or how much training I felt like I really had to do in certain areas, I just got more and more into it as an adult, to be honest. And now I have regular trick riding lessons. And it's just something I do about four or five times a week, especially during lockdown when I had nothing else to do. Yeah. But they needed knocking out. They needed exercising. I could do it by myself. So it was perfect. Yeah. Loved yeah. it. And I was lucky enough, um, 2018, they've remade the, well, not remade, they've made the new Wonder Woman 84. Yeah. Uh, I know, obviously, I can't say too much about it because it hasn't come out yet. Oh but my God. I was enough to double uh, Young Wonder Woman. Um, oh my God. Kid. Her name's Lily Aspel, the actress who plays Young Wonder Woman. And she is a hell of an actress and she's a hell of a horse rider because she's in yeah. the British uh, junior show jumping something or other mm-hmm. and uh, but she had to have a horse riding double because there was a lot of trick riding and yeah. vaulting and falling off and all that stuff that obviously insurance wise she's not allowed to do yeah. although she was willing <laughs> but she wasn't allowed <laughs> so I got uh, like intensive training with a group called the Devil's Horsemen and they're one of the wo- most famous kind of um, well-known kind of uh, trick ride performance kind of horse people and they did all the Game of Thrones they're horse masters for most of the big films yeah. Um, so yeah I, I was very lucky to train with them so it's kind of got me all excited about it again <laughs> um, how often do you get hurt doing stunt work um, I've been quite lucky uh, I get niggles here and there I I got picked I suppose did a job on not Snow White and the Huntsman but the next one which I think was the Huntsman uh, where I was a kid in a village screaming and crying that was getting raided and set on fire and uh, this guy has to gallop along on a horse pick me up from behind and throw me on the front of the horse and kidnap me oh. um, is, yeah we rehearsed <laughs> it beautifully um, but we did it at the end of the day the village was on fire everyone was screaming the horses had had enough the flames were getting higher and this horse kept spooking and it was going straight it was bombing past me and he tried to pick me up and he kept bailing out understandably but he managed to get me one time dropped me and rode over me and I got kicked in the hip and the horse kind of rode over my hand but my hand was all right because we had loads of fake snow and I kind of sunk into it yeah but I partially dislocated my hip um so that was probably one of the worst ones for me uh I've had concussion I've sprained my ankle like all the time yeah um that's standard uh but I've been quite lucky I've had friends who have broken serious things and some who've had career-ending injuries they're okay but um so yeah yeah, me touch wood um I've only had niggles yeah I mean anyone who knows me or has listened to this podcast before will have heard this story but um I broke my foot twice in the last year or so uh both times I was walking (laughs) (laughs) into something (laughs) and fell over oh wow (laughs) are you clumsy (laughs) no well sometimes I am but I was literally I was um in a pub and there was like lots of like 
you know, alcohol on the floor and stuff. And I just slipped. And, um, and yeah, I broke my fifth metatarsal in my foot and then it healed. And months later I was in Bali walking down the street and I like stepped off a curb, twisted my ankle and re-broke my foot. Oh no. Yeah. So I don't think I'm cut out for stunt work. (laughs) (laughs) No, if you break that easy. (laughs) No, I don't think it's for me, but, um, I'm glad you haven't been too badly hurt (laughs) and hopefully you keep that up. Um, do you have like a a favorite stunt or a stunt that you've always wanted to do, but never had the chance to do? So some of my favorite things goes without saying that it tends to be on a horse, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I had one, which I don't know if I'd say it was my favorite, but I remember it fondly and I don't know why. Um, so I was doing an NSPCC advert. So that's, um, uh, national, I don't know what it stands for. It's the cruelty to children charity thing. Right. Yeah. No, it's a children's charity, if you will. And um, basically, they wanted a kid falling from the sky, and then the guardian angel swoops in and saves them. And they're like, Will you be a guardian angel? Donate now. One of those. Mm. Um, so they hired me to do this high fall, which was about between 40 and 50 foot, I think, in the end. Um, so I basically, I'm in a boy's, I'm doubling a boy here a boys school uniform and I basically have to jump off a cherry picker a scissor lift sorry and fall through the air on my front um and then slowly go as if I'm going onto my head and then I flip over onto my back onto the air mat and um it was snowing sideways it was minus one it was in a big airfield and I was so cold I couldn't feel my feet and they were like it's too windy she'll miss the mat and I was just like it was one of those days it was so horrendous and let the guy um, who's on the scissor lift with me is a friend of mine. And he was cuddling me to keep me warm because my big coat was at the bottom ready for me. Oh. And, we, and he kept going, the wind's too high. She'll miss it. She's only little. And this went on. And eventually they were like, they were, the camera was just rolling, waiting, waiting. And they were like, the wind's gone down. Go, go, go. And I just turned and leapt off. Oh, my God. Jump. And I had to do it, I think, three times in the end. I, we went up a little bit higher each time because we were just checking the wind. So we started off a bit around 30 foot. And... Uh, I just remember thinking, what the hell am I doing? And it was, and I drove home all the way around the M25, so it was the other side of London, and um, and it was still snowing, so everyone was there was like three cars on the motorway, and uh, I just had the biggest smile on my face. I was just like, I just did the craziest thing today because you don't usually do those in those conditions. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, even though I, I remember thinking, what the hell am I doing? This is miserable. I'm so cold. I can't feel my face. Um, I don't know. I just had a really good time. <laughs> I like falling through the air. <laughs> that was a good one for me. There you go. Um, uh, I also I wanted to ask also, um, do you travel a lot for stunt work? Because I would have thought that, I mean, I might be wrong, but I would have thought that, you know, Jurassic World or Cats would have been shot in, in the States, not in the yeah. UK. No, they all shoot in the, uh, they're filming next Jurassic uh, Fallen Kingdom, I think it is. Yeah. Or was that the last one? Whatever the next one's called. Um, it's uh, been filmed right now at Pima Studios here. Mm. Uh, we do a lot of the big films here. Uh, yeah. Cats was Eastern Studios. Um, they did go to Hawaii on um, Jurassic for six weeks at the end mm. of the shoot. Yeah. Unfortunately, my character wasn't needed. No! <laughs> my best friend who doubles Bryce Dallas Howard um, on the last one and on this current one now, uh, her name's Sarah Lucklin. She, um, she's a brilliant double for her. Uh, yeah, she was lucky enough to go to Hawaii for it, and she had the best time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, we do get to travel. Uh, I'm, I did, I've done a lot of Game of Thrones, so Northern Ireland, here I come. <laughs> That's true, yeah. But I've also gotten to go to Iceland on it, and I've also gotten to go to Morocco. Uh, we go to Spain a lot. Um, yeah, I do get to travel to Northern England a lot as well. <laughs> and Wales, don't forget. Uh, I've had friends that go to the States, but usually they use their own people over there. Um, yeah. Don't always like to uh, bring us in unless we're doubling one of the lead characters when we're in the contract. Yeah. So I haven't actually filmed in the States at all. Um, I think they've got quite a few people over there, probably my size, like ex-world gymnast yeah. or something. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> uh so I've just got the English market over here but we, we get so many of the films now because I think we're actually a bit cheaper to film in than the states um yeah. we, we don't get paid as much <laughs> so um so yeah there's a lot of the big shows come here um I've had some of the best times even in just Northern Ireland we did um season six Game of Thrones we did Children of the Forest yeah um, I don't know if you've seen it 
Um, I'm, yes, I'm very keen to ask you about Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start you now with a little story. Um, basically, we were in prosthetics that took seven hours to put on. And so yeah. we were pulled into set at midnight. And so we were in the chair for hair and makeup. We each had, there were six of us, or five stunts, one actress. And we each had our two hair and makeup people. Um, mine were Vicky and Charlie, who are amazing because they have to keep you going. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we basically did prosthetics and hair. But we got it down to five and a half hours after maybe four or five times. Um, but yeah, and then we start filming at eight o'clock. We shot till six, an hour derig of everything. Go home, shower, eat some food, go to bed three hours later, up and do it again. Um, they tried to give us not days in a row, like to give us breaks, but yeah. it didn't work out that way scheduling yeah. wise. Uh, I mean, people were literally passed out on walkways in between shots. <laughs> and then we had these lenses which took up our whole eyes to make us do yeah. like the green. And we couldn't see anything. They were blurry. And there was so much smoke and dirt on sex. It was inside like a cave, like a pretend cave um, in a yeah. studio. Uh, oh, it was really hard to see. And then they couldn't even see it on camera. So the stunt coordinator was like, right, everyone, lenses out. I want them to be able to see. Yeah. And we did this on and off for six weeks. I think it made about 10 seconds of the show. <laughs> But, uh, but we have <laughs> memories that last a lifetime. So that's yeah. <laughs> that's, so um, you, you obviously you played one of the children of the forest, but you also um, doubled for Arya Stark in the early seasons. Yeah, yeah. for Maisie Williams so, and shortness coming in handy. Oh, until season five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then she, they all outgrow me. I didn't think she would, but she did. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was mostly her horse riding double because obviously, as you know, she kind of wasn't very stunty until later on, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, she's lovely and uh, then they bought um, Christina um, who's an American stunt girl uh, they brought her over from season five because uh, she was about five two five three by that point so she had a good four five inches on me unfortunately um, but Christina's a fantastic double and she's also a really good uh, performer so um, she had a good double but yeah I got to hang out with um, Maisie and uh, Rory who plays the hound because I was on his horse with him a lot for the few of the seasons uh, oh, they're wow. the nicest people you'd ever meet like Rory, I got on with the house on fire, who's a really lovely guy. Yeah. How did you get the Game of Thrones gig? Was it just through that registry and, and the fact yeah. that you were sympathised to Maisie? Or? So um, initially the stunt coordinator was a guy called Paul Herbert, um, who we call Herbie. And um, he, I'd worked with him on Les Miserables and uh, a couple of other things. So he already knew me and they knew they knew. I actually doubled in the first season. Um, oh, what's his name? The, the brother who's in the wheelchair? Fran, did you Fran? do the fall? Uh, well, <laughs> funnily enough, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> so he'd already outgrown me. <laughs> he was short for like five minutes. And they brought me in to double him. And it ended up not being us done. It was it was like a fall. Um, like off, off, he, he was having a piggyback on someone and they fell over. But they did it, they did it themselves in the end. And then um, towards the end of the season, the fall came up and they were like, oh, he's now like, he's shot up in that season that I didn't get to do it. Oh, God, and then he was 62 by the end of it. <laughs> and they all do it, but yeah. Um, and then it swapped to a new stunt coordinator and um, I don't work for him as much. Um, Riley, who's actually won lots of awards for it because he's done the big battles. And uh, uh, yeah, but he did bring me in for Children of the Forest because he needed short people. So, um, so yeah, no, I, it was through them. They basically... In the stunt register, it has your like your skills and your height, and they can see pictures of you. So yeah, generally, unless they already know you, they can find people suitable for their job through there. Um, did you have to like, you know, obviously you're not there for everything. You're just there for for the stunts and things. But were there any like of the major secrets or anything that you were a part of that you had to keep keep secret? Um, yes, I, I was there for some deaths. <laughs> Whoa! Um, Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't caught up get remember any of them because it was a while ago now yeah. Uh, but yeah I was there for some main character deaths and even when I wasn't as you arrive there sometimes when you go into like the um stunt um coordinator's office they have pictures of all the actors and some of them had like a red x across them <laughs> and I was like no <laughs> like, I see that and I'm like oh god oh I knew the stunt double wasn't needed anymore and I was like I don't want to know why <laughs> so um yeah, I was there for some, I mean, I was there for the Red Wedding, uh, well, part of it. You know, Aria comes, she's kind of, um, she's there just before it happens, and then the yeah. hounds sneak her away. Uh, we actually did a really nice sequence on a horse, um, 
where we basically I was passed out on the sitting sides sideways on the neck of the horse like so I really couldn't stay on very easily and I had to act like I couldn't even hold myself on properly and then Dan the Proust who um he's actually part of the devil's horseman he's one of the horse masters he's six foot six so he doubles for the hound so um he was on holding a big flag staff and then trying to ride this horse who was a frisky horse and hold me <laughs> on at the same time and he has to gallop out we had to spin around and then uh, do a rear and then go off between all the extras who had to basically part out of our way who were busy doing battle, really not noticing us. Oh, God, we came off the horse. The horse, when we did the spinning, it just kept spinning and spinning. It was just, it was one of those nights. But, um, but yeah, though, I got to be there for that, which was nice. We had a, it didn't make the film, obviously. <laughs> Some of it did, a little bit. And... Again, like I could talk about Game of Thrones forever, so we're gonna we're gonna move on. <laughs> um, but you know, you've worked with so many different people. Like this, the re- reason I knew that you were fairly short is because you put up this photo of you and Chris Pratt, and I was like, either Chris Pratt is <laughs> the is tallest tall. man alive, and I know he's tall. I'm like, either Chris Pratt is the tallest man alive, or this girl is short. Um, <laughs> it's also the angle of the picture. I'm going to put that out there. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, because I, I, like, knowing now your height, and I think he's probably, like, you know, six-something. Like, he, he looks he a lot. Yeah, yeah. It looks bigger than that. So, yeah, it's definitely the angle of it. Um, But, you know, you've worked with, with Chris Pratt. You've worked with Robert Downey Jr., all of these different people. Who is someone that... Uh, you were most excited to work with Hugh when Jackman. you were... <laughs> <laughs> Hugh oh yeah and he's an Aussie I know <laughs> <laughs> um he's 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 just like your pal like yeah, he didn't yeah. know me he, you know but I his um at the time on Les Mis his um stunt double was actually his brother-in-law um oh, wow. <laughs> yeah uh his name's Richard he's um he is a stunt performer as well. He who happened to have married his sister, a uh, huge sister. So, um, so because he saw I was kind of buddies with him, he used to kind of hang out a bit. So if we were just waiting for our bit on set or whatever, he would just come sit next to me and be like, "Hey, how's it going? What's going on?" Just like your buddies. And I'm like, "This guy, this guy," you know. And he had to carry me in. His, I doubled young Cosette and young Gavro- and little Gavroche. Oh, yeah. And um, so I, he literally had to, like, carry me in his arms for, like, three nights in Winchester on some night shoots. And I, I'd like to say we got on, like, a house on fire, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> so he was – and honestly, yeah, Chris Pratt I was excited about because he's just yeah. like he is on TV. He's the nicest guy. Yeah. Um, I was excited about Robert Downing Jr., but unfortunately a lot of my scenes weren't actually with him. Um, yeah. So I did get to meet him and I saw him about, but I didn't actually get to spend too much time with him. But everyone yeah. says nice things about him. So I wasn't worried. <laughs> and you, um, like you said earlier, you were in Snow White and the Huntsman. That's Chris Hemsworth is in that, oh, right? Yeah. So how too. many Avengers have you worked with now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's true. I never thought about that. And then uh, Hugh Jackman's an X-Men. So you just get... <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think uh, off the top of my head I can't think of any more but um I almost uh, I did um I was going to be called on to the new Black Widow I can't give too much away but there was going to be some particular kids in it I won't say anything yeah. about it you know fine. I'm not even on it so <laughs> uh, kids in it that uh they were going to use me to double and that all got cut so I wasn't able to do it in the end um, but everyone also said how nice Scarlet was, and a couple of my friends have doubled her. Uh, so no, I think I think that's about it for my uh, Marvel universe. <laughs> <laughs> You'll slowly just it'll be like Pokemon. You just collect them all. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start ticking them off one by one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put an X through them, like in Game of Thrones. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, now. Another one I want to talk to you about. I'm just I'm so excited to have you here. I've got to confess. I haven't seen Cats. Uh, (laughs) I am a big musical theatre person, and even as a stage show, Cats isn't my favourite. And it didn't get amazing reviews. Really? (laughs) (laughs) I, I think it's the type of movie, I mean, like I said, I haven't seen it, so I honestly can't judge. But from what I've seen, it's the type of movie where the people who liked it loved it yeah and like funny. yeah it's sort of become like a little cult thing of people who yeah, love 100%. cats and um, it's really love the stage show 
they yeah. like oh I see what he did there and they understood it whereas everyone else was yeah. like I just don't get it. <laughs> just don't get it yeah um how how was that experience and and how do you feel about you know all the sort of mockery that it's gotten since it doesn't bother me yeah <laughs> uh, it has nothing to do with me at the end of the day yeah you know I'm I'm there to do a job um hmm. actually I had it was okay so good and bad I'll start with the bad um without going too much in depth um <laughs> There were long days and I'm not complaining because I was happy to have the work, but I just felt bad for all the dancers. So basically, usually we have a 10 hour filming day. That's like standard. Um, Sometimes it goes over to 12 hours and then you get an hour lunch break because 10 hour day doesn't always mean you get a lunch break. But you kind of eat on the go and you take breaks when you can. It's fine. We're used to it. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, uh, there were automatically 12 hour days, which is just really tough. And a lot of the the main lead. Uh, Victoria uh, who plays Victoria sorry her name's Frankie Hayward a phenomenal ballet dancer with the Royal Ballet really sweet Mm -hmm. girl Um, I mean she was on a they gave her leave from the Royal Ballet on the insurance that she would keep up her training she was there like 5 a.m doing her training for the Royal Ballet then she had to go to like rehearsals for the show then she was in hair and makeup then she had a 12-hour day I mean all of us were tired and we didn't even have to do what she had to do and all the other dancers but um so it was it was tough um you know the the director knew what he wanted and sometimes it was take after take after take after take. yeah so um that was pretty tough to watch um but uh stunts wise it was fairly simple so some of them they were so athletic um those dancers yeah. that they could do a lot of it themselves um but we were there for some of it um so yeah we had a few bits of wire work but it wasn't stunt heavy yeah. my favorite thing in the world was watching all those people sing and dance live because there was you couldn't see on the screen sure in real life it was yeah. amazing I was having who a did ball. you get to see uh, all of them all of them <laughs> uh, no not all of them that's a lie um <laughs> uh but all the all the kind of the main crew sorry I mean as in the um kind of the ones who play all the kind of the main kind of jellical cats yeah um I uh, saw them all quite a lot and then uh I saw Judy Dench um I saw um Jennifer Jennifer. Oh, yes. I know who you're talking about. Like... Anyway, most... well, you know Hudson. who I mean. Yeah, Jennifer Hudson. Hudson. Yeah, Jennifer Hudson. Hudson. Yeah. Oh, I just went blank. Um, <laughs> and I wasn't there for all of hers, but I saw her for a bit of hers. Um, Taylor Swift, I got to see hanging out, but not so much the singing. Um, so, yeah, I saw kind of people come and go. Uh, but one of the ones they all loved was Jason Derulo. <laughs> <laughs> like they said, it didn't come across on screen, but like his breath control, because it's all live singing, uh, while he was dancing and just listening to him, they were like, everyone was just blown away. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, Maybe I they got... should do a stage production with those actors. <laughs> Good luck getting them all together. <laughs> I yeah. Think they're <laughs> yeah, no, it, it didn't go well, but that wasn't their fault. So I felt sorry yeah. for everyone who was yeah. on it because it really wasn't, they put in their heart and their soul. Yeah. Rebel Wilson, we spent quite a bit of time with so many takes she had to do she was getting injured and losing her voice yeah. that she ended up having to mime along to her own track yeah. and um you know I didn't she realized I realized that that one was live singing obviously it's yeah. like a new lame music but I didn't realize that one was yeah. yeah um and yeah so she she really um she really put her heart and soul into it I felt quite sorry for <laughs> Rebel she was getting worked to the bone so yeah. uh it's been really nice about it as well so yeah it was a it was a tough film to work on and yeah. unfortunately, um, it wasn't as rewarding for all of them as I, I hoped it would be because I loved yeah. watching them all and dance because I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your favourite production that you've worked on? Good question. Um, one of them would have to be Jurassic. Yeah. Um, partially because my best friend was on it, so we had a whale all the time. <laughs> but, um, the girl... Uh, yeah, probably, do you know what? Jurassic and Wonder Woman 84, and I'll tell you why. Jurassic, um, the actors were so lovely, mm-hmm. and Chris Pratt, as soon as he walks into the room, he says something funny. Like, everyone just suddenly relaxes and has <laughs> smiles, because, you know, maybe the British crew aren't as exciting as the American crew, <laughs> but suddenly he gets everyone kind of excited. Uh, and the girl I was doubling, Izzy Sermon, um, she, we just got on like a house on fire. She was the sweetest. Uh, she's outgrown me now, so she's <laughs> unfortunately I can continue with her. But um, I just had a really good time. We had some good stunts. Um, I loved seeing the animatronics dinosaurs uh, and the way they were moving, and oh, they were I hadn't so even realistic. Of that. That's awesome. Yeah, that part was really cool. Um, we just, I just had a really good time, and it was a bit of a turning point for me in my career as well. For um, I guess personal reasons, because I was suddenly. I was doing a lot of kid stuff and suddenly I was getting to do more actiony stuff and 
suddenly it actually yeah. continues. Uh, and then with Wonder Woman 84, the, the girl I was doubling um, is um, Lily Aspel. She, uh, we're, we're still friends. I mean, she's just turning 13 this year. Her mother and me are like best friends now. She's my age. Uh, you know, Lily is just hilarious. I was laughing yeah. so much. And I was like, oh, I've got to do the stunt where I run up this thing and jump off like an 80-foot thing. But I'm on a wire, so it's a descender where they just let you free fall and you do like a, you know. And she's like, yeah, no, it's fine. I'll do that. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, she's doing my stunt. It was so funny. She was awesome <laughs> on a wire. Like, as long as she's on a wire, she'll do anything you wanted and on a horse. So uh, we just we just had a laugh in, you know, for like four or five months together. So I yeah. don't know. Sometimes it's the training and it's who you're with can make an experience. Yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, I'm on a full film, you know? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, now we're getting towards the end here, but I always like to ask a random question okay. uh, towards the end of the interview. So my random question for you is what's the best gift you've ever received? Oh, that's what, like during my career? Not just like in life in general. What's the best like oh. present someone has given you? So I can't say it's the Teletubby toy behind me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a really hard question. I know. <laughs> How do I answer this? It can't be anything material, surely. Oh, it can uh, definitely be something material if it's just like something weird and wonderful. No, it's a good question. Um. Oh, no, I'm really on the spot. Okay, let me think. It's okay, I can edit out any time. <laughs> Take your time. So like, oh, she answered it so quickly. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, okay, this is a really weird thing to say maybe. It's That's an experience. Right. Okay, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, it's not even, I feel like it's just really helped me with everything in my life. When I was on the show called Zingzilla's, um, which is about monkeys who form in a band. It was animatronics. We had very heavy heads on. Um, we were staying in this, uh, we had our own, like, it was like a hotel, but they were all little studio apartments. Um, so we used to go hang out in each other's apartments. And there was a guy called Gary Jordan. And he he's currently on uh, Lion King at the West End. Um, he plays Zazu. And he's an awesome singer. And he was brought his keyboard up with him. And I can't sing very well. I can carry a tune. But he was teaching me to sing. And um, giving me breath, he like first two lessons was just breathing control, and I was just like, oh my god, I just want to sing something. Anyway, he gave me lessons during this show. We were up there for two lots of six weeks, and I know it's ridiculous, but his breath control stuff and the techniques and everything he taught me, it helped. I it allowed me to do the voice. They were going to get people in to do our voices for Teletubbies, but yeah. because it allowed me to kind of be able to create this voice on Teletubby, it helped me with all my breathing for everything. It's now something that I do when I'm on set and they're like, you know, stand ready just for the L3, 2, 1 action and you're nervous. I'm like, I do the breathing that he taught me and I wait. And then as soon as the L3, 2, I just go. I don't think twice. That's just like, I've all they've said, I, I don't. And it, I have to say, it's, I guess a gift of an experience, even though I didn't think much of it at the time. He didn't think much of me because I couldn't think. Yeah. But uh, just that little thing is just like a medit uh, meditative technique that I use now. And uh, so I, I just that just popped into my head. Maybe that. No, Thank you, Gary. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's really nice. It's also going to make my answer sound really material. And <laughs> <laughs> so when I, I told my sister that I was going to use this question and she was like, well, the present that I gave you has to be the answer. I'm like, yes, it's clearly the answer. So I don't know if you'll have heard of this. There's a um like sort of parody musical of Harry Potter called a very Potter musical. It's on YouTube. Um, and they did a few of them. And in a very Potter sequel, Umbridge, Professor Dolores Umbridge, is played by, like, a really tall, muscly man with, like, the deepest voice. And he does a great job at it. It's very, very funny. And um, for Christmas one year, my sister, she got a Ken doll and she dressed it up to look like Umbridge oh, wow. from the Harry Potter sequel with, like, the pink dress. And she, like, put all, like, the cat plates in the background of, like, the Ken box and everything. Oh, like, wow. It was, it was very detailed and I still have it. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. That. It's very weird and it's great. But, yeah, yours was so sentimental and nice. And mine's like this weird candle <laughs> that my sister got me. Mine helped you in my career. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you obviously uh, a Harry Potter fan? 
are massive Harry Potter fan, yeah. I did yeah. Uh, the last two Harry Potters. And oh, I my God. Know everyone was very nice. Everyone oh. was very nice. Who did you double in Harry Potter? Um, so um, I doubled random school kids. Like yeah. when there were battles, then there's the last two, and there was more battles and stuff. I don't, I, yeah. I, I, don't, I'm, I don't really, I'm not a big Harry Potter. I, sorry, I don't know names. <laughs> <laughs> but it was basically, yeah, I was dubbing lots of kind of school kids doing stuff. So did you get but, yeah, their, like Hogwarts robes and everything? Uh, it was, yeah, I guess so. It was, Do you well, what was house you were in? What cast? Oh, what house? What house? Uh, well, oh, they were all mixed together. No, we were just in like a school uniform because we oh, had okay. our ones because we were all battling. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> Sorry, it's a long time ago. That's fine. That one was a long time. I'm sure ago. it was Gryffindor because I remember that. Sort of. Yeah, I'm a Slytherin person. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was very nice as well. That guy. Pardon? The blonde guy. He was also very sweet. Oh, cool. Um, now my final question is the question I always finish on. The show is called Loud and Seemingly Confident because that's how okay. I once described myself. Do you consider yourself a confident person? Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah? Uh, I think I have to be. I do yeah. lots of ridiculous things in my life. Um, mm. And also being small. You know, they say they make up for it in big personalities. I yeah. try not to be annoying with it. But, um, yeah, I've always, you know, I've never let anyone, you know, put me down for it, even as a kid. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty loud and very confident person. <laughs> <laughs> Just ask my other half. He'll tell you in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. You can uh, please like and subscribe and whatever, all those things, I, and you know, leave a review. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Chelsea J. Heaney, that's H-E-A-N-E-Y, or you can follow the podcast at Loud and Seemingly Confident on both Instagram and Facebook. Rochelle, where can people find you? Uh, on Instagram, uh, Shell Bell Stunts. Um, that's pretty much it at the moment. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. I have had the best time. I hope you all enjoyed listening to it. Oh, thank uh, you. That was really fun. <laughs>